Hello and welcome back to this episode of High Yield Podcast of Medicine. In this episode, we will discuss hyperkinetic movement disorders of childhood, beginning with tick disorders and Tourette syndrome, followed by stereotypical movement disorders and Rett syndrome, and finished with certain differential diagnosis of significance among the movement disorders in children. Beginning with ticks, it's important to remember that ticks could either be primary as discussed among the tick disorders such as Tourette syndrome or they could be secondary. That's just a symptom seen in different conditions where tick is just a sign or symptom. Now, what are the characteristics of a movement to be referred to as a tick? Ticks are first repeated and intermittent movements. They should be associated with an urge to perform them and also an awareness to such urge. And finally, they should be briefly suppressible. Now, talking about etiologic differential diagnosis of ticks, I would like you to consider three possibilities. One, physiologic mannerisms. Two, primary ticks as we discussed them in the tick disorders. This includes Tourette syndrome, but also transient or chronic motor as well as phonic ticks. And third, the secondary ticks. Now, would you be able to mention certain categories of conditions associated with ticks? The conditions could be inherited, infectious, toxin, or drug-related. Now, what inherited conditions can cause ticks as secondary ticks? Huntington's disease, Wilson's disease, neurodegenerative diseases such as the ones associated with iron accumulation, and tuberous sclerosis. What infectious conditions you know that could be associated with ticks? Encephalitis and Sydenham chorea. What drugs could be associated with ticks? Logically thinking, stimulants, levodopa, carbamazepine, phenytoin, phenobarbital, and certain antipsychotics. What are the other conditions that can cause secondary ticks? Carbon monoxide poisoning, traumatic brain injury, stroke, and certain neurocutaneous disorders. What is definition of Tourette syndrome? A disorder that's characterized by multiple motor and vocal tics. True or false, Tourette syndrome is more common among women. That's false, it's more common in men. What are the common associated conditions for Tourette syndrome? ADHD, learning disorders, and obsessive compulsive disorder. What's the age requirement for diagnosis? Symptoms should have started prior to age 18. And similar to other psychiatric diagnosis, it requires to cause social or occupational impairment or significant distress. What's the duration requirement for the diagnostic criteria? Ticks should be present for at least one year. What's the frequency requirement for diagnosis? Ticks must be recurrent, meaning that they should happen multiple times a day or nearly every day at least. Now, can you give examples of motor tics, blinking and grimacing? Can you give examples of vocal tics, grunting, coprolalia, echolalia, throat clearing, 
coughing. Which one of the motor or vocal tics require to be multiple for the diagnosis? Motor tics should be multiple, though vocal tics could be single. However, both motor and vocal tics should be present. What's the difference between coprolalia and echolalia? Remember, coprolalia by definition is repetition of obscene words, while echolalia is repetition of words spoken by others. True or false, best initial treatment for Tourette syndrome is pharmacotherapy. That's false. Best initial treatment is behavior therapy. What are the indications for pharmacotherapy? If the ticks are severe or disabling, or if they fail to respond to behavior therapy, we use pharmacotherapy. What's the most effective mode of behavior therapy recommended for Tourette syndrome? Habit reversal therapy. What are the most common medications used for the management of tics and Tourette syndrome? Either antidopaminergic agents or alpha-2 agonists. Give examples of antidopaminergics that are used for the management of disabling tics. Antidopaminergics are either dopamine depleting agents such as tetrabenazine or dopamine blocking agent such as antipsychotics. Which one is preferred? Dopamine depleting agents are preferred over dopamine blockers because of the fact that they don't cause tardive dyskinesia. Among the three groups of medications used for the management of tics, which one has more favorable side effect profile? Alpha-2 agonists. What are the examples of alpha-2 agonists? Clonidine and guanfacine. Which one is considered the most efficient first choice dopamine depleting agents such as tetrabenazine? Which one is considered the treatment for severe and refractory tics? That is first generation typical antipsychotics such as haloperidol or pimozide. Do you remember what is the mechanism of action for tetrabenazine? It's a dopamine depleting drug that depletes dopamine at presynaptic nerve terminals by inhibiting VMAT2, vesicular monoamine transporter 2. Do you remember any other dopamine depleting drug that functions with the same mechanism of action? Reserpine is another amine depleting drug. Based on this knowledge, what side effect of tetrabenazine you would like to follow up or monitor in patients taking these drugs? Hypotension. True or false alternatives to dopamine depleting drugs are hypotensy first generation antipsychotics such as haloperidol. That's false. We don't jump up the ladder of management directly to Haloperidol. The alternative to tetrabenazine is first antipsychotics such as risperidone or flufenazine. Always remember we save haloperidol or pimozide for severe refractory tics. That's the ones who have failed all the previous pharmacotherapies. What are the two important considerations overall when approaching the management of Tourette syndrome with medications? One is severity of the tics and the other is the comorbidities. Again, do you remember what were the common comorbidities? ADHD and OCD. Okay, what do you think is the best management of Tourette syndrome that's comorbid with ADHD? Here, we use alpha-2 agonists as the first drug of choice. Drugs such as clonidine or specifically guanfacine that's proven effective in ADHD. What's the important consideration here? As we will mention in our ADHD management episode, we focus on behavioral therapy 
for the management of both ADHD and Tourette syndrome if the age of the child is younger than six. That's if we have a preschooler child. For school-age children, combination of behavior therapies and alpha-2 agonists are considered the drug of choice. What is the drug of choice for Tourette that's comorbid with OCD? Initial management is cognitive behavior therapy. If cognitive behavior therapy alone is not efficient, we add SSRIs as adjunctive to cognitive behavior therapy. So once more, true or false, the management of choice for Tourette comorbid with OCD is SSRIs. That's false. The management of choice and the initial management is cognitive behavior therapy. Only if cognitive behavior therapy alone is not efficient, we add SSRIs as an adjunctive management to CBT. Once more, if the patient has only focal tics, that could be motor or vocal, what is the management? The treatment for focal tics is Botox injection. Okay, let's move to stereotypes or stereotypic movement disorders. We will discuss Rett syndrome here. Don't confuse Rett syndrome with Tourette syndrome. The way I want you to remember is Tourette that starts with T belongs to the tic disorders, while Rett syndrome that starts with R belongs to regression of developmental milestones in girls. Now, what is the definition of stereotypes? Stereotypes are defined as repetitive, simple, and suppressible movements, such as repetitive chewing, rocking, twirling, touching, etc. And these are commonly seen in what comorbidities? These are commonly seen in neurodevelopmental disorders. Well-known example is autistic spectrum disorder, but other examples are intellectual disability. What you believe is the most common stereotypes in adults? The stereotypes that happen secondary to tardive dyskinesia, for example, in patients who take antipsychotics for a long time. What is leg stereotypy syndrome? It's another common form of stereotypy seen in both adults and children and involves continuous repetitive movements of the leg, especially when seated. What are common comorbidities with this leg stereotypy? Acathesia or restless leg syndrome, logically. And can you give example of a condition that's associated with the stereotypical movements and self-injury that is Leshnihan syndrome? Just as an addenda, remember now the mechanism of these stereotypes are believed to be D1 receptor hypersensitivity, dopamine 1 receptor hypersensitivity as the cause of stereotypical movements seen in Leshnihan. Not as the mechanism of the disease itself, but the mechanism of the stereotypic movement in Leshnihan. Just a reminder, do you remember what was the mechanism of Leshnihan syndrome? Deficiency of an enzyme called hypoxanthine guanine phosphoribosyl transferase. What was the mode of inheritance? It was X-linked recessive. What was the specific findings in addition to self-mutilation? In addition to self-mutilation and intellectual disability, the patients have hyperuricemia and gout. Now, before we discuss the Rett syndrome, let's briefly mention some differential diagnosis for stereotypes. One is physiologic stereotypy, which is also referred to as mannerism. Second is intellectual disability. Third, and the most well-known example, is autistic spectrum disorder. Four is Rett syndrome. And five, I would like you to remember Williams syndrome and, of course, Leshnihan, as we mentioned. Okay, let's discuss Rett syndrome. 
be very careful when discussing the findings versus the etiology in Rett syndrome. True or false? Rett syndrome is due to developmental delay. That's false. Developmental delay is seen after a 6 to 18 months when the Rett syndrome starts to manifest. But the cause is regression of development, not delay of development. What are the hallmarks of Rett syndrome? Regression of verbal and motor skills, loss of purposeful hand movements, ataxia, and stereotypies. What is the common form of stereotypic movement seen in Rett syndrome? Hand stereotypies in the form of hand wringing, which are movements resembling hand washing or kneading. Once more remember, hand symptoms are the hallmark of the motor symptoms. Loss of purposeful hand movements as well as hand stereotypies such as hand wringing. Other stereotypies include pill rolling movements or twisting movements, as well as retropulsion, which is rocking back and forth. What are the other findings seen in Rett syndrome? Breathing abnormalities, gait abnormalities, and certain autistic features such as loss of facial expression or poor eye contact, self-injuries or aggressive behaviors. What do you expect to see regarding pain sensitivity among patients with self-injuries? Some degree of pain insensitivity. What are examples of breathing abnormalities that are seen in Rett syndrome, breath-holding spells, or hyperventilation? Summarize the most important physical exam findings in Rett syndrome. Deceleration of head growth after age 6 to 18 months, gait abnormalities, and breathing disorders that are intermittent. Once more, what are the breathing problems seen in Rett syndrome? Periodic breathing abnormalities such as breath holding spells, heightened emotions promoting such breathing problems, and finally, alternating hyperventilation and hypoventilation apnea. Now, what is the genetics of Rett syndrome? We mentioned that this condition is almost exclusively seen among girls. Remember, the mode of inheritance is one of those few disorders that are X-linked dominant. What is the mutation? The mutation is seen on MECP2 gene, which is a gene whose protein product is most commonly expressed in CNS. What is the reason for most cases being females? Most affected males die while females get random X chromosome inactivation. Do you remember what's the name of this process? Lionization. This lionization explains the fact that the females don't die. However, such protective mechanism is not enough to prevent neurodevelopmental effects. True or false, Rett syndrome is most commonly an inherited condition. That's false. The presence of genetic factor doesn't mean it is a genetically inherited condition because almost all cases are due to sporadic mutations. Even though I would like to include all my differential diagnosis in different episodes, in their dedicated episodes, I can't resist sharing this one here for its significance. The case of a kid with autistic symptoms, stereotypical movements, and self-injurious behaviors. What are the diagnoses? First, if this kid is a girl with developmental regression, the diagnosis is RET. However, if this same kid with autistic symptoms, stereotypical movements, and self-injuries 
is a guy with hyperuricemia is Lashnihan. Why is it so? Always remember, the mode of inheritance for Rett syndrome is X-linked dominant, therefore it mainly manifests in girls, while the mode of inheritance for Lashnihan is X-linked recessive, therefore it manifests among boys. At the end, don't forget what are the possible complications in the Rett syndrome, seizures and sleep disturbances. At the end, I would like to just go through certain etiologies of movement disorders, especially the ones commonly seen among children. What are the important etiology considerations for acquired dystonias? One and most important one is perinatal brain injury, such as cerebral palsy. Other forms of brain injury, such as surgeries or head traumas, are other causes. Third etiology of acquired dystonias include AVMs, brain hemorrhage, and ischemias. And there are certain infections, such as encephalitis, HIV, syphilis, and TB, or subacute sclerosing panencephalitis. We have brain tumors, we have toxic insults, but we have also a very important category of medications. What medications do you think can cause dystonias? Antiepileptics, all dopaminergics, either agonists or antagonists. Remember, almost the same etiology categories cause choreiform movements. However, among the causes of cerebral palsy associated with chorea, we have kernicters. Also, what brain region trauma or lesions is associated with choreiform movements? Basal ganglial lesions. Can you give examples of some hereditary conditions associated with chorea? Huntington's disease, neurodegenerative disorders such as ataxia, telangiectasia, or tuberous sclerosis, and certain neurometabolic disorders. This is important one. Give examples of neurometabolic disorders causing chorea. The examples include Wilson's disease, porphyrias, Lesch-Nihan, lysosomal storage disorders, and certain disorders of amino acid metabolism. Do you remember what was the other common movement disorder seen in Wilson's disease? We also have tremors. Now, choreiform movements could be a complication of certain nutritional deficiencies. Can you give examples? Beriberi, pellagra, and B12 deficiency can cause choreiform movements. And another very important question, what infections can cause chorea? Sidenham chorea, as well as Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease. Now, what is the movement that's defined as repeated non-rhythmic but shock-like jerks involving sudden involuntary contractions and relaxations? This is definition of myoclonus. Can you mention certain etiologic categories or conditions underlying myoclonus? Myoclonus could be physiologic, could be essential myoclonus, could be associated with epileptic myoclonus, or could be secondary myoclonus. Can you give examples of physiologic myoclonus? Examples are sleep jerks, hiccups or hiccups, also known as singultus. And another example of physiologic myoclonus is benign infantile myoclonus seen during feeding. What are the categories of essential myoclonus? The hereditary forms or sporadic forms of essential myoclonus. You need to remember the mode of inheritance for essential hereditary myoclonus is autosomal dominant most commonly. What are examples of epileptic myoclonus syndromes? Infantile spasm, Lennox gasto, and juvenile myoclonic epilepsy. What's the other name of infantile spasm? West syndrome. 
And finally, certain conditions that can cause secondary myoclonus. Here, similar to what we mentioned in secondary ticks, myoclonus is not a primary syndrome, it is a symptom. Can give examples of these conditions with secondary myoclonus. Certain storage diseases such as Tay-Sachs, Gaucher, and Crab, spinocerebellar degeneration, such as Ramsey-Hunt, Friedrich's ataxia, and ataxia telangiectasia, basal ganglial degeneration, again, Wilson's disease. So add this myoclonus to choreiform movements and tremor among the movement disorders possible in Wilson's disease. Other examples of basal ganglial degeneration include progressive supranuclear palsy, multi-system atrophy, Huntington's disease, Parkinson's disease, and corticobasal degeneration. Always remember these conditions could manifest with myoclonus. Again, remember, many types of dementia can also manifest with myoclonus. Here, we have Kreutzfeldt-Jacob disease again. Condition that we mentioned could be associated with choreiform movements. Also could have the myoclonic jerks, well known for its differential. Other dementias also could have myoclonus. And finally, certain infections and inflammations of brain, such as encephalitis, as well as toxic, metabolic, and traumatic conditions, traumatic brain injuries. For the list of movement disorders and their discussions, please refer to the neurology section. This finishes our discussion of hyperkinetic disorders of childhood.